And this is the, the perfect industry for it also, because um, unlike other industries, you can, especially in the art department, you can choose your own path. You can explore your next thing. You can, you don't need to follow anyone's path. You can do your own thing. You can explore hard surface. You can move to another thing and, and design your path. You're listening to Art Heroes Podcast, the show to help you thrive as a digital artist. Tune in to learn how to transform your passion into a career. Get inspired by other kick-ass 2D and 3D artists and find out what it takes to be an art hero. I come from a very, very poor background, like extremely poor. Uh, like I, I, I grew up in the slums until I was 13. And um, I mean, I, I started getting interested in uh, drawing like uh, since I was really young, but I didn't even, I didn't really pursue it at all. So uh, until, uh, say, 10th grade, I found out there was you could go and be a, a graphic designer <laughs> studying for those uh, three years before college, I guess. And um yeah, um, I went to high school for graphic design for the 10th, 11th, and 12th uh, year, like the final years of high school. But uh, after I was in high school, I decided I wanted to be a musician. So <laughs> I pretty much uh, stopped uh, stopped everything after, after high school, art-related, and went uh, and become a, a musician. So I went to get a, get a job uh, to pay for my musician classes and music classes and that's it I, I became a musician we I had a band and we well, we won a competition in Portugal and we did a few couple of records and concerts and yeah, I was like 19 or something and it ended when I was like 26 or 27. I was already going back to university to learn to go back to industrial design to graphic design actually at the time and uh, like on the first year I decided to move to industrial design which, which was pretty late for me. I was already 25 when I went back to university and uh, I was studying at night. So I still had a, like a, a regular job in the office and, you know, pay the bills and stuff. After I graduated, I was like, uh, I was like 29, which was pretty wow. late, pretty late, pretty old, I guess, for the, for the time. Well, Nobody would give me a yeah. job also because I was too old, apparently. Uh, so I was pretty much forced into freelancing uh, and I've been doing uh, freelance, like small stuff, industrial design for until uh, like since 2009, more seriously, 2011, until basically when I started freelancing for concept, when I made the switch to concept from industrial design, which was about 2018 or something. Wow. But yeah, not a, not a really not really a regular path, I would say. Not at all, <laughs> not absolutely detours, not at but, all. Uh, Especially yeah. with the whole like music career deviation. So, um, tell me a little bit about this. You know, like first freelancing years. You said like you were primarily freelancing in industrial design. Yeah, so ma mainly yeah. I was doing odd jobs. I I didn't really have a strong portfolio back then because I I left uh, university. And my skill level wasn't, I would say, <laughs> uh, very good compared to the rest of the the world market, I'd say. <laughs> and when you're okay. working as a freelancer online, lots of people competing with you. So I, I had, um, had to put up with lots of odd jobs and 
3D, just 3D production work, uh, like CAD work, design to factories, uh, that's that, that type of stuff. I've done uh, like baby products, uh, cutlery, furniture, electronics, not really, uh, not really typical, the, except mm-hmm. for the process. The process is always the same. What was your major software back then? Uh, back then it was uh, a CAD software, which was Rhinoceros. Yeah. which I recently replaced by uh, with Fusion 360. And how did you transition from this? And I, I started getting acquainted with concept design. Uh, I, I was still in university and we, somebody had some uh, Noman DVDs and stuff, <laughs> which are very popular. It's very, very old school. Um, yeah, but I didn't really like, I had no idea I could do that because I was like in Portugal. YouTube wasn't even a thing back then. <laughs> So I couldn't really get acquainted with the uh, with with the industry. There was no no industry in Portugal at all, and I could arguably there still isn't. But um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe it's starting to get a little bit. But um, yeah, it was only only when like a, like the podcast starting erupting, people sharing their experience in the industry. Learn Square came up. Lot, lots of different people sharing their experiences. And uh, it was only then uh, when I realized, yeah, maybe maybe I could do this. <laughs> maybe I could uh, like jump and try to do this. And this was like 2000, already 2012, 2013, 14, something like that for me. Uh, do you remember like your first gigs or how did you start getting paid as an artist? Because that still is a struggle for so many, um, yeah. yeah, just for so many artists that listen to to us talking here. Yeah, like uh, how do you break through? Yeah, it's tough. It's tough for me. For me, it's also a recent thing. <laughs> it's a recent thing breaking through because uh, I've just been trying for so long. Uh, it's tough getting paid. It's tough getting paid. Like I, I have, I have some reluctance in calling myself an artist, just because I have a, I'm a, I think of myself as a designer mainly, but. Um, yeah, it's tough. It's it's tough to break through. You you need to be at uh, at the right skill level. The skill level to break through is always the bar is always rising. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's 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 easy. You can do it, but uh, mm-hmm. it takes some dedication. What do you think you did that really helped you personally? For me, it was uh, not giving up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, the moment the moment I started this uh, this walk to concept design to becoming like a concept designer, I I had no idea I would become like focused in art surface. So the information was was a bit like uh, scattered around, and uh, I was trying to figure out what I could uh, <laughs> what I could do to like get in or. Like, uh, do I need to paint a lot? Do I need to do illustrations? Because the field was like a big pot of people that had all these different skills and you could see them doing amazing stuff for film and games. But I didn't have any of those skills. I couldn't paint really well or I couldn't. I was starting, like starting from scratch almost. Right. So it was uh, for me, it was the time I realized, oh, yeah, I could I could just do art surface and do do what I'm already strong and I can just be a the hard surface concept designer so so realizing what you want to do for me for me was uh was probably the most important thing what what really what really made me like uh, stand out i guess a little mm-hmm. bit do you remember what were your first paid projects as an artist already 
Uh, it was crappy jobs. <laughs> okay. Crappy jobs for small companies, for uh, small VFX uh, movies, not really visible. Mm-hmm. You know, crappy jobs. <laughs> uh, yeah, some some of them would reach out to me through ArtStation or stuff. Some of them I would look in for- forums and stuff like that. Yeah, I really, I didn't have much. I didn't have much, many jobs in uh, in concept because I was still doing industrial design and still working on my personal mm-hmm. personal work. That was pretty much the, um, the path I went. I just go, yeah, I'll just do my own stuff. Okay. Yeah, and see where it goes. How did you uh, move from crappy jobs was- to, to being like a really visible hard surface artist? My stuff... Uh, started getting out on uh, magazines and uh, I don't know, starting to get more, a bit more following for just for <laughs> being around for so long. I guess <laughs> my work is uh, also I'm getting lately. I, I think I'm finding my voice. So I think that comes through also. It gets you, gets you some visibility, I guess. I think this is really interesting, you know, like your voice. Um, what does it mean for you and how do you see it? Like, You know, also like coming like practically in your art. It's I guess it's about style. Mm-hmm. I don't say it's about it's about the way you like. It could be presentation style. It could be design design style. You have to find your own path. I guess you have to find your the things that interest you most. I guess. But uh, I would say main main things to become a hard surface concept designer is uh, study real world. Uh-huh. study real world objects um, whatever it is that you're interested in vehicles um, props just study real world things model them draw them <laughs> understand them research and um, and then come up with your own ideas so how exactly do you research real world objects you can research how it's built Uh, what's the material build of how they fold the paper how you can you can research in all different types of stuff you don't need to have a you, you can go and google it see some images see how they build it when it's for my personal work i tend to be very disorganized extremely disorganized in researching just because i let ideas uh, simmer down and i i let it stew and chew on it for a while but uh professionally yeah mood board start research sketching and then you research a little bit more online and then you find more references and then you start modeling and you you keep researching researching is you gotta you gotta yeah. research like continuously how different are your personal projects from your professional ones professionally you're always responding to a, a brief and you're you're trying to fulfill the art director's like vision for the stuff personally What's different is that I, I am doing it at my own taste. I'm doing it for myself. So I get to, to make decisions really fast. But also the, <laughs> the amount of time I take with my personal work is much, much, much longer. A couple of weeks task. And uh, I could maybe spend six months on one of my designs just because I'm having so much fun. <laughs> I tend to go lately to vehicles. Yeah. Uh, it's just uh, sci-fi vehicles. Mm-hmm. If you go and see my art station. Yeah. Well, I have it much. just like here open and we're going to pull it on the screen right now. Do you have any like favorite project? I would say the the hover bike. It's one of my favorites still. So I just had so much fun. It, all, it also like uh, marked a really breakthrough on my 
on my skill set also. Even when you're working full time, um, like, do you still do personal projects? Oh, yeah, all the time. And is it just for fun or it's more of a strategic purpose? I'm going to be honest and say both. <laughs> also, because I don't want to lose, lose skill. So sometimes in the studio, maybe you're not doing exactly... Uh, you know, you're not doing exactly what you want to do. It's a bit different from personal project in, in that sense, you know. So it's it's like an escape for me. I can always go and do my own stuff and escape from my little world where I'm looking for, just looking for shapes and no pressure. I was uh, uh, going to ask you what we almost discussed before we started this recording is like the whole transition from freelance to working in a studio also, you know, uh, in a studio in a different country and this whole transition, how did it play out for you? And what was the hardest thing from being an entirely independent artist to um, working in a studio? And what would you prefer? Yeah. I had to move right really fast just because of all the, um, the deadlines with Brexit and uh, uh, everything. I, I had like to start, um, I couldn't even go to the office here because they... You know, the offices are closed. Everybody's working from home. Mm. So moving to a new country and uh, like being locked in a, in a place for months. Uh, yeah, it was a bit of a shock also. Because I, I had, being a freelancer, you, you, you have your own schedules. I was like um, still working on my own stuff, publishing it. And um, it was slowly picking up. But uh, yeah, this opportunity came up and I, I decided I needed to shake it up shake it up a little bit i'm really happy that it worked out for you and you know i think it's just like a, a great example that illustrates that if you really keep working and keep improving your skill um you know it's just uh eventually it definitely will work out like opportunities will find their way to you if you're yep. open for that like the main thing i did which is uh, was hard because I, I thought about uh, giving up lots of times, <laughs> lots of times. But the main thing I did was just not giving up. So what's the next big thing for you? Uh, I like to, I like to try VR on my designs. I like try different softwares, learn more about design. It's never never ending path of learning. Yeah, that's what really keeps me going too. I mean, this is the the perfect industry for it also because um, unlike other industries, you can especially in the art department, you can choose your own path. You can explore your next thing. You can, you don't need to follow anyone's path. You can do your own thing. You can explore hard surface. You can move to another thing and, and design your path. Cool. Uh, Sergio, we've got a little tradition here on the podcast. Oh. I've got a questionnaire of like 10 questions and uh, you're allowed to answer with like one sentence to each. All right. So uh, I'm ready when you are. Just um, yeah. Okay. Shoot away. Shall we? Shall we? Okay. Cool. So uh, give me your number one tip for combating distractions when working from home. I would say don't use social media when you're working. <laughs> That's number one. Very, uh, very, you know, like uh, relatable. Uh, okay. Two. Uh, what's your favorite tradition? My favorite tradition. I'm not. I'm not a really a big fan of traditions at all, <laughs> at all. But I'm a big fan of holidays. I love the. I love summer holidays though. What's your favorite way to get in some exercise? Oh, my favorite way is rollerblading. Picked it up. Rollerblading. Yeah. Really amazing. Cool. Uh, what's your most used emoji? My most used 
it's probably the smiley face or <laughs> like very like you know like little smile or like big smile <laughs> amazing um what's your source of inspiration oh well it's i guess it's everything everything i see the the world um i don't know other artists everything just i i live to observe i guess I'm an, I'm an observer at heart. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Yeah, I probably would say work really hard, be yeah. nice, <laughs> and amazing things will, things will happen. How do you celebrate little victories? Yeah, maybe have a nice dinner. Okay. Bottle of wine, maybe. If you could see one movie again for the first one, for the first time, which one would that be? Oh, that would probably be The Matrix <laughs> again. Just because yeah. I remember the feeling of living the leaving the cinema just completely mind blown yeah <laughs> yeah i'd love to have that feeling again uh what's your backup career there's no backup right now <laughs> no backup career the i just because uh it took me so long to get here and uh i i thought about giving up so many times <laughs> that i've actually made it so There's no turning back for me. I won't give up. That's amazing, Sergio. Thank you so much for sharing all this. I think it's been, you know, like, a, um, I'm really happy um, we have you because that's such a powerful story. And I'm sure it's, uh, it should be an inspiration for many artists out there who are like really almost ready to give up, but, you know, like waiting for a sign yeah. that like, please don't. So, you know, like, I'm pretty sure that here is the sign. Like, please don't give up and uh, amazing things will happen. Thanks for listening to Art Heroes Podcast. Check out www.artheroes.co for show notes, more interviews, and free tools made for you by our team of mentors. Tune in next week for more inspiration and keep up the great work, hero. Mm-hmm.